I will tell you one <laughs> anecdote about about ch- exchanging keys for a digital thing. And this was this was a this was a, this was a while ago. I was, you know when you know when you kind of end up at a second location, it's always a bad idea after a night out, and you're and you've mm. got kind of separated from the people that you were there with, and it's somebody that you you sort of know, but also it's a bit weird that you have gone to the second location with them. And so I was going to like I was going to an afters at this person at this like person who I barely knew's house, and uh, his key was on his phone as a kind of beep beep thing and his phone died so he couldn't get us into the house um oh, so wow. what i did was just that said oh well i'll give this up as a bad job i'm gonna just get, an, just get a taxi home and uh mm. and maybe i'll catch up with you a lot later and i did manage to catch up with the same group of people and the, the group of people i'd initially gone out with later on that later on that day and the guy whose house it was, who he couldn't get into, his hands were like covered in like mud and dirt and oil, like right under his like fingernails as well. And I was like, "What? What happened? <laughs> what? What? What have you? What have you been doing?" And he just like looked at his hands and said, "I don't know. I guess I, I guess I was digging." So this is <laughs> so this is a really good cautionary tale about having physical keys i think i see okay because otherwise you'll start to dig and you won't know what you're digging for yeah guy i mean sometimes which is a good metaphor for posting sometimes guys just like Mm. digging holes and that's okay you know that's true that is true actually (laughs) sometimes dudes just love to dig a hole sometimes sometimes like when you're stressed is this important to dig a hole um you know it's it's sad that like you know uh uh, I don't have anywhere in my house to dig holes because I would just be doing that all day. Uh, oh, yeah. Anyway, oh, like, yeah. Uh, we're going to talk today about a guy who gets very, very stressed and does not dig holes, but crucially, like, does, uh, he he posts his way through it. Um, I don't know. So, so this this episode, the rebuild of the 9-11 of posts for the real heads, the people who were here from day one. Um, just, I just want to, like, cast back. It was, like, the kind of quarantine summer. Um, mm-hmm. just when we had the idea of doing a podcast about posts and, um, I was the very bad editor and also we didn't really have very good equipment. Uh, I remember like Phoebe, your computer was so bad, but we had to do like a quarter of it or no half of it. We had to do on a phone. So I had to put your phone into a glass so I could hear you. And then I had to talk, um, into a microphone that wasn't very, very good. Anyway, if you go back all the way through the archives and listen to that episode, like I did for this one. Um, you will find that number one is very difficult to listen to, uh, but also we're just trying our best and we get very tired. And I think the recording actually took about like two and a half hours to do. Uh, very very different world we live in now. Um, but nevertheless, uh, the world at that time was one that one Eric Garland uh seemed to understand quite well. Uh, yeah, we are of course talking about Eric Garland, um, who describes himself as a futurist, strategist, author, and bass player. Um. I was looking for videos of him playing bass. There is like one in a documentary, but like it doesn't really, it doesn't show him actually playing the music. It just shows him playing the bass. So if anyone like has like actual, if anyone can find his music, I'd love to listen to it. Um, So Eric, we obviously know Eric Garland as the guy who did the game theory, Fred. Uh, I, uh, it's time for some game theory. Uh, it was a 120 tweet thread that came on the 11th of December, 2016 in the aftermath of the Trump election uh and after everyone had done with the initial ruling 
the first attempt to sort of imply that the Russian government had an active hand in electing Donald Trump, something that would eventually become Russiagate uh, and kind of inform democratic politics and sort of like liberal left politics, uh, which kind of still is affecting it now, but like definitely was much more prescient back between like 2017 to 19. Um, Eric Garland was a technologist in the 2000s. He's basically a guy who was really into virtual reality and augmented reality. And he fashioned himself as like a futurist trend spotter for like corporations and brands, like no corporations and like NGOs and sort of like these kind of weird uh, NSA linked organizations um, where he would just, you know, his, his whole thing was just like, here's a technology that you should like buy or be like interested in. Um, and he was crucially like around at the time and what his like futurist like technologist element was really around about the time when like big data was being like uh deified by like governments and media and all that stuff um that like that term that we don't really hear about anymore but at the time was like you know you can harness big data to kind of advance your politics and to like figure out who's who'd win elections and basically it'd be a way of with managing politics and society and so on um i want to read this from business insider before we sort of go into uh like more stuff about eric garland so this is from Business Insider. Eric Garland was a self-described DC technocrat based in St. Louis. Garland runs a small consulting firm, Competitive Futures, which examines the economic and political situations and advises corporate clients. Though he said that many of his clients are confidential, he said that the governments of Monaco and France, as well as companies like Energizer, paid his firm for, quote, strategic analysis on topics like energy and housing. He boasted that his firm predicted the housing crisis in 2008 and it provides similar insights into for its government and corporate clients. So here we go. We've got a guy um, before we sort of go into like all the other stuff he's gotten up to. Uh, yeah. Do we have anything to say about Eric Garland? Like any memories about him or like even like where were you when he did the game theory, Fred? Where was I? I don't know. In my house. That's probably. a great question. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, yeah, I, a I, I remember a lot of people, like a lot of like legacy media journalists, mainly mainly in America, but a few yeah. here saying like this, now this is like, this is what, this is what the internet was invented for. Like you don't, like you, you, if you like pitch this somewhere, then you would be, then you'd be called a madman. Isn't it amazing that we can like watch, like watch a like, kind of work of this level of intellect unfolding in real time. And then like you actually look at it and it's just this kind of um, no ho no holds barred, hundred miles an hour mm -hmm. rant about Ruskies, yeah. Which is like, which I think is like, I think it's, I think it's interesting. It was certainly, ex it's certainly expressive of uh, the kind of the tail end. I say the tail end, the, the after effects and the residuals of an entire media and political class having grown up during uh, during the Red Scare. Uh, and you can see it and, and you can see it expressing itself in all kinds of places and you can see it expressing itself itself now where uh, Putin, who is unde undeniably a warmongering monster, but who has come to who has come to stand for the very, very long disbanded Soviet Union and is getting sort of is used as a kind of as a sort of stand-in for whatever whatever thing that the public is doing that the media and the political class think they need to be disciplined for. So mm. I've seen a lot of people saying like, oh, this like union activity is exactly what Putin wants. And I ha and like while I have no doubt that while I have no doubt that uh 
that 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 Putin is uh is a kind of old fashioned imperialist with imperialist ambitions. This uh this attribution of not just kind of all seeingness and uh all knowingness, but also this idea that he's sort of remotely interested in in the rail strike in the UK is <laughs> just it's just to me it's just it's just an ex- like it's just an extraordinary idea it's like it's like sort of you sort of pick sort of picture him in his office and like kind of one of his kind of one of his and again in these people people's minds it is a russian from a 1960s film it's specifically a russian from a bond film who like oh yeah like kind of pitches up in his office and sort of you know <laughs> and, and, and sort, of, sort of got the comrade uh, there are people very angry in Amersham and Putin saying, good, <laughs> good. They will never get out of Amersham. Um, that's, a, that's, not, that's not the best Putin I've ever done. But just so you know, there is better. Sir, there, is, have, uh, there is better in the stocks. We have our asset, Mick Lynch. <laughs> he is going on TV. He makes Kate Burley look stupid. 